Everybody in the universe, I guess that would be people on the interweb. First off, hit the like button if you like us. And if you don't like us, hit the like button uh, and share this. This is your way to help spread the word, okay? Uh, we're going to be talking about the Desert Fathers. If that sounds new and novel, it is. This is Stephen McCain. That is Father Augustine, the late Father Augustine. Uh, and you'll know why. Uh, and we're going to go on the air in a minute. So I'm going to turn my back and we're going to be quiet. Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Well, thank you, Matt. This is your host, Peter Kroots. We are live here in St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West, and I cannot... And Father Augustine is here too. I will introduce our guests here. So I think Father just did a what's called in the in the uh, radio biz a self introduction. So uh, he and he needs in no the introduction. Biz, we call it just being late. For Every, <laughs> everybody knows Father Augustine. I don't even think you need an introduction. The late but Father Augustine. Let me tell you what we're going to be talking about. I have just Father. You're going to have to bless the name of the program here. I'm calling it Fathers Know Best. And it is a, right. it's going to be about the Desert Father. So Father Augustine okay. is here because you know it and you heard him. But I have my good friend Stephen McCain here as well. Stephen, welcome to the program. As opposed to Father Augustine, who's just a friend. <laughs> According to Father... No, as opposed to Father Augustine, who I don't even have to be here. All I have to do is let Father Augustine talk, and we are all edified. Oh, so yes. Let, let me Especially tell you this. Father Augustine. This is a program you got to listen to. This is, this is a unique thing. This is something that I missed most of my life as a Catholic. So... The Desert Fathers. I'm saying father is no best. So, Stephen, what about the Desert Fathers do you think might uh, someone needs to know about? Why, why should we listen to this program? You know, uh, the Psalms are divided into five sections. And the first Psalm that goes starts in uh, Psalm 42, there's just one line in that, which is deep calling deep. So when you hmm. want to go deeper into your Christian walk— who do you go to? You go to the fathers. And you go to the yeah. mothers also of the desert. Very cool. Very cool. So, Father, you know yeah. how we do this program. I learn from you, and you have taught uh, yes. me that the, yes, Benedict my son. the Benedictines say <laughs> no good work ever starts without 
a prayer or something prayer. like that. Without praying for God to finish it for you. There we go. And could I, uh, could I ask you, if you don't mind, to make sure we do that first oh, step? I've been praying all week. You're going to make me work overtime? All oh, right, I, I, fine. <laughs> In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, God, our Father, give us the fortitude and the wisdom of our fathers in the faith, especially those great men who preceded us in the desert, who chose the white martyrdom of monastic life. Uh, Give us their perseverance and their decisive Christianity. We need a little more of that these days. So we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So, Father and Stephen, you know, this is one of those times where I feel completely inadequate to even lead this conversation. So the only thing I'll do is I'll I'll spout out my totality of knowledge of those Desert Fathers, and that is perhaps a suggested reading list. Uh, uh, Stephen, what if we got to give the, the these folks a couple of books that they might reference before we get into the conversation? Could could you give me a couple of titles? Well, I think the, the starter would certainly be the Philokalia. And I don't know if I've mm. pronounced it right. Yeah, no, that's about right. Yeah, but uh, it, That's how I've heard it pronounced. Um, it comes from Mount Athos, the holy mountain dedicated to Theotokos. Uh, and it was written uh, or pu- uh, pulled together. It really was uh, Nicodemus and uh, uh, St. Nicodemus and St. Macarius who uh, did a compendium of Desert Fathers from the 4th century to, I think, the 14th century. And... Um, in that compendium, this is like uh, just like you would have the uh, the best of the Beatles. You have the best of the Desert Fathers here, and yeah, and right. you have the essence of getting close to God. So the Philokalia, uh, Father. Anything else that we might? Uh, well, put then out there, there are bests of the best of the best, but mostly uh, I, I'm a big fan of anything by Benedicta Ward. Could you say that again, Father? Her name is Benedicta Ward. She's a professor at Oxford and uh, a nun, uh, an Anglican nun at that. Oh, wow. Uh, and she's she anything by her is pretty good. Her anonymous sayings, her book of the elders. Um, but uh, but that, that uh, a five-volume collection of the Desert Fathers just came out through some Orthodox press and We've got it at the monastery. I just started reading it, but I, I can't. I, could, I don't even know, remember the title, to be honest. So. Well, I think. And I, besides that, it might be a little bit of a stretch for a beginner. <laughs> or I think I think there might be one more. I I uh, was uh, reading a book by uh, Pablo Aquila, which was called uh, the uh, uh, Alchemist, and I, so I read the next one. It was called The Pilgrim, and I think there's uh, a yeah. second book called The Pilgrim that is the one we really ought to read, and that's. It's called the Pilgrim. The Way of the Pilgrim. The Way of the Pilgrim. I do see. Oh like yeah, yeah. The, oh, the, well, that's a great one. Yeah, for sure. All right. So now we got our. That's reading where we work. get the Jesus Prayer from. Well, yeah. or a lot of our theology of the Jesus Prayer. Yeah. Well, well, and and you know what? With this is you know, Father. I I think for most folks, as it is for me, a lot of this is whole cloth, new ground. So if you don't mind, as I'm learning. Oh, and Thomas along, Merton t- came out had a great good translation of them too as well he, he wrote a popular 
sort of compendium. Short. These are all pretty short books because Milton, the desert. Yeah, uh, no, no. Thomas Merton. 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 Yeah, Milton. Well, his theology was a little off, but okay. he did write a couple of great books. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Father, you said the Jesus Prayer, and there's a, at least I think we were reading the Way of the Pilgrim, and that seemed to have a, a profound impact on people's lives. But Father, what is what is it for for us who are still learning? What is the Jesus Prayer? You say it like everybody knows it. What what is this? Well, they ought to. <laughs> um, it's uh, aside from say, I guess the Eucharist and the Our Father. It's probably the most powerful prayer you can say, which is basically the name of Jesus. And the theology, ooh, in a nutshell, is that the name of God, the Tetragrammaton, Y H W H that God revealed to Moses is this powerful, powerful tool. Uh, but in fact, it's so powerful, so sacred, that no one dares even pronounce it. Pious Jews to this day will not pronounce what we, well, we, in, in, in Catholic circles, we'll refer to Yahweh, because um, we don't have a problem with God's name, because we've got Jesus, who, and we've got that name that we can say anytime we want. Um, but the the... The Desert Fathers had this sort of twofold theory about it. One was that um, if you wanted to avoid temptations, you would say the name of Jesus because the demons all have to take a knee. Going back to St. Paul, at the name of Jesus, every knee must bend. So if you're bothered by some demon of, say, anger, you say, Jesus, and the demon's got to bow out. Uh, but then the problem was how to stay full of the Holy Spirit. And so then they went back to St. Paul, and he says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the power of the Spirit. So they reasoned if they just kept saying, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, over and over again, they'd be both full of the Holy Spirit and uh, keep the demons on their knees at the same time. So the Jesus prayer is, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus, and you're supposed to say it according to the way of the pilgrim. You're supposed to say it 19,000 times a day and then increase that until you lose count. I, I, I you know, when you say that, uh, people probably thought you were misstating yourself, being hyperbolic or exaggerating. No, Steve, no, you literally. <laughs> sorry. You know, Stephen, we were reading part of that, and it, it isn't immediately say it once in the 19,000. There is a bit of a progression to it. There is. <laughs> yes, yes. In fact, um, I think his first instruction from his uh, starts, which is like mm-hmm. Russian for master, right. or, um, is uh, 2,000. Now, I think the next one was 5,000 and then 10,000, and then it just starts to be said in your heart without even trying. So I'll, right. I'll put a plug into that mm-hmm. for that book, The Way of the Pilgrim. Uh, it It does follow this man who is finding this, finding his way, at least as I read it, and he starts saying it a few times, and then it's a few thousand times, and then, as you say, <laughs> it's almost unconsciously. Well, it's sometimes literally unconsciously. The idea is to say it with your breathing so that it becomes part of your breath and that you don't have to think about it. And in fact, the monk that taught me how to say it, my Starts, you said? Starts? My starts was Abbot Luke Rigby of Blessed Memory. Uh, And on his deathbed, uh, because when you die a monk, there are always two monks that accompany you that kneel on either side of your bed and pray for you as you die. And uh, I was on death watch for Father Luke, and he was in a coma, and he was still saying the Jesus prayer because he had said it so much and so often that it just became part of the way he breathed. Um. 
I'm going to take a right-hand turn here for a minute, but uh, I think that it's so important. It's better than a left-hand turn. I only make right-hand turns. <laughs> good, I don't go to the job. left, man. Uh, and the, 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 uh, it, it's from grade school. I'm right. not even allowed to use my left hand to, to, to write with. But uh, when um, I've completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, no, I think it's so important to be with people as they die. And I, I know we all go to wakes. We go to funerals. But if you happen to have the opportunity to visit the dying, it is profoundly moving, not only for the fa- not only for, for the person who's dying, but for the family and for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say this, I, I remember going to see my mother-in-law as she was dying. And mm. uh, I, I used to say the rosary with her. And I, I, I decided to fly in I didn't know why she was dying. Well, I knew she was going to die. I didn't know when she was going to die, obviously. But I thought, I was in Kansas City. I got to go. So I went. And uh, I was there with her her daughters, my wife, sisters. We kneeled down. We said the rosary. Hmm. And she was in a coma. She couldn't hear. She couldn't react. She couldn't move. She couldn't breathe. She couldn't talk. She couldn't eat. We said the rosary. At the end of the evening, we left shortly after the rosary. My youngest daughter had interviewed her three months earlier about dying. Oh, didn't wow. know she was going to die. And she said, and one of the questions my daughter asked her is, if you were dying today, what would you do? And she said, I would say the rosary with Peter. Oh, wow. So I, and seriously? I, seriously. And there is a, I mean, not that that would there, be true. There is a, there is a, um, Gosh. I would pick a holier guy if it, if I were the guy. Yeah, dying. I but, know. I'd say it rose to with Mother Teresa, I think. But there's this uh, 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 moral theologian. His name is Thad Paholchik. And he says that even when people He's are in Greek. a... Greek. I think so. When he, was in, when, he says even when people are in a coma, they... There is a there is evidence oh, that yeah. they can hear you. They are, oh, their yeah. presence, your presence with the dying can be so profound. So, I mean, a total right-hand turn. But, you, I mean, it's so great to be able to be with the monk when he's dying or anybody mm. when they're dying. I think that's one of maybe even the greatest tragedy of this COVID thing is that the dying, you can't be around them. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Is that they're telling us we can't be with the dying as they die now. We need and to. even if you are, you have to wear a mask, which means that they can't see you. Yeah. Of course, if they're in a coma, I guess, you know, well, we won't go there. So your, your monk taught you of the Jesus prayer, and you yeah. learn it. You learn to do it as you breathe. Yeah, I regret to say that I don't think I've ever actually finished a rosary <laughs> because I always end up saying the Jesus prayer instead about halfway through. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I someone I, someone asked me to lead a rosary the a uh, couple of months ago, and were scandalized that I couldn't finish it because I, I don't know, I just slip into the Jesus prayer somehow. Of course, monks predate the rosary by you know a couple hundred years. So you're you've been around about eight hundred years, haven't you? Well, not personally, but yeah, <laughs> since since uh, well more than that since five hundred A.D. So you know about fifteen hundred years, twice as long. Yeah. So we are, as I took a left, a right-hand turn, we are talking about uh, the Desert Fathers. The name of the program is Fathers Know Best. Sure. And we just started off by talking about the Jesus Prayer, which seems to be profound in this. Or we call it Lines in the Sand. How's oh, that? Okay, we could do that. What, what does that mean? I don't know. Okay, Lines <laughs> in the Sand. Desert, line, thinking, speaking, I don't know. I'm just, just spitballing here. 
All right, I'm not so much I'm, of a desert father myself. I just admire them from a distance. So I'm going to go early instead of late. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. And I'm your host, Peter Karutz. We have a very special program, uh, Fathers Know Best or Lines oh, in the wait, Sand. Oh, wait, hey, how about How You Doon? How you doing? How you no, no, doing? Dune. How you doing? All right, all right, all right. Yeah. How you doing? There how you, you doing? How you doing? Uh, how, no, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> and we're with Father Augustine. How to do? No, that didn't work. We're with Father Augustine, as you can well hear, and we're with <laughs> my good friend Stephen McCain, and we're talking about the Desert Fathers. So what what do we do? All right. So how is this Desert Fathers stuff supposed to bring us into a, a, a I don't know holiness, knowing God better? What what's it going to do for us? This new knowledge. Well, why, why don't we start with our guest? Because I talk too much. Okay. Not, he's being very Desert Fathery, and I'm being very worldly by spouting off nonsense every thirty seconds. You know, it's a it's a good place to start. Would be Dionysus the Acrobate. Ooh. And uh, the three. I'm a big fan of what uh, Herma- Hermaphrodus the uh, <laughs> reprobate. But anyway, go ahead. That's... So there's like three stages. Why can't I shut up? Three stages to the to the Christian walk: that purgative stage, the illuminative stage, yep. and the unitive stage. Yep. Yep. So how do you get out of the purgative stage? That's where most, mm. perhaps 99 percent of Christians are. They go and yeah. they go to confession and they do the same confession each time. It's not a bad stage to be in, though. <laughs> it, it is. You know, where they're full of the world, and, and they're trying to escape it into this thing called the illuminative stage. So mm, yeah. how do we in, oh. how do we get into watchfulness to watch our minds and watch our actions and start to understand the voices inside us as what is from the Holy Spirit, what is our natural self, and what is the darkness. Yeah. I, I'm just re- reminded of one of the famous Desert Fathers quotes, which I'm now going to misquote, which is something about, it's Abba Poyman that one of the novices comes to him and says, or, or one of his brothers comes to him and says, uh, I'm doing my fast, I'm saying my prayers, now what's left? And he stretches out his hands and his hands turn into flame and he says, just become all fire or something. Like that. Am I right? Yes. You probably know it better than I do. Yes. And and um, in the first uh, of the four volumes that have been published, uh, I think it's Faber and Faber, uh, the second Desert hmm. Father is Evagrius of Pontus. Oh, yes. So he is looking at and he's praying. Oh, yeah. Because there's like 300 plus sins. And it's going. That's it? Well, it's actually yeah. Like, I think I, I think I've added a few. And and it's like, how do we simplify this? Uh-huh. Ah. How do we break it down? And he eventually comes out with the eight deadly sins, which later becomes the seven deadly vices. That's right. Yeah. But those eight deadly sins are are start with gluttony, which is Egypt. So you you, you got to come out of Egypt. Uh, you got to come yeah, out of gluttony. Right. You got to cross the Red Sea. Your baptism, and now you've got to fight the seven, seven uh, uh, different tribes. Yeah. And these seven different tribes are the remaining vices. So you, you don't focus on the vices. You focus on the virtues. But you've got to mm-hmm. know your enemy. Well, and Avagrius Pontus also wrote a book called Talking Back. Which is just a collect. It's all the sins, sort of in order, uh, with 
scripture quotes for each to combat each demon, as it were, each temptation. That the, if, in this case, you want to quote this. In fact, I think I've got it on me somewhere. But anyway, yeah, the, uh, he's he's great. But as you're saying, we need to, the the vices are good to understand, but we need to know the corresponding virtue. The virtue. They focus on the virtue. Don't focus on the darkness. Hit one or two, would you? Uh, So, so, and they're paired. They're coupled together. So they are, they're really four couples. And each one activates the other one. So gluttony activates lust. Hmm. So they're like cousins. They're they're cousins to each other, and they they work with each other. Ah. And then lust is, uh, you know, for just taking a man, that's, I think, the most common confession. Hmm. Um, It's like I don't have enough money to to deal with my lust. So it's the, it's the greed and the love of money. Mm. It's the third the third one. And and even with money you can't buy everything which produces anger. So anger and 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 the love of, of uh, this greed they're paired. And then it moves into the to the next uh, position. So when when you when you get angry too much, you start to be depressed, melancholy. Mm-hmm. And and melancholy will eventually lead you to be sitting on the the couch. That's right. And and you get this thing called acedia, which some people might translate slothfulness, but it's the dimensions of the noonday demon. That's right. Uh, this is these Talked two are paired: melancholy and sloth. I'll say it for or acedia. And then after a while, uh, this is a this is the most common I think confession for a woman would be vainglory. Uh, and that's. I guess it depends on the woman. Uh, uh, yes. What's vain, what's vain? What's vainglory? It's it's looking in the mirror twice when you're about to leave your house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it, I, I think uh, it's also the sense that like I've got to be an overachiever is is obsessed with vain. You know Men's what you're what you're Oh too. yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> apologies to all of our uh, feminist friends out there, but. Yeah, no, I think I think uh, vainglory is a problem for guys too. But yeah, you're right. It's it's that tendency to think a little bit much about yourself. Yeah, or a lot much about yourself, right? It's paired with pride, mm-hmm. and that's uh, vainglory was the one that was bumped off by um, uh, oh in the in the 600s by, by Gregory. Gregory, yes. Oh, in exchange for he he added what uh, maybe envy, envy, yeah. yeah. The, but they're they're very similar. I mean, they they really are. I mean, it, it, it's good to give names to these particular sins and vices, but as you say, and I hadn't thought about it that way, they they are somewhat linked. You know, it's almost like they're linked in a chain. One may lead to the other, sure. and it is that sort of path down that you might get on that train down as you pick one and indulge in it and get to the other and the next and the next. Almost. So, how do you break that chain? How do you get off the train? You read the Desert Fathers. Yeah, well, you can start by invoking the name of Jesus. There right? you go. <laughs> Whichever demon's bugging you, that, that'll put it on its knees. <laughs> so, but, you know, the interesting thing, though, I, I found is that the, 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 the vices, the, the, say, seven deadly sins, do not actually match up very neatly with the virtues. Oh, really? Right? Yeah. So, I mean, pride and humility do, but greed, well— you know, the best you can find is sort of generosity or, or poverty, you know, or, or a spirit of poverty. Uh, lust matches up with chastity, and that's pretty obvious. Um, but 
you know, the anger, is that meekness or humility? Is pride, is gluttony obviously intemperance, but envy, envy, is that humility or generosity or brotherly love or poverty or, you know, and so, and what do you match with sloth anyway? You know, the best we can come up with is diligence or yeah. gratitude maybe. Well, it, it um, you're making me think of this differently, but it, all these vices, you you know, you almost need, uh, like, you know, when we have a, a vi- vice, virus, uh, I hope I get it right, it, you, you take a penicillin, is it, or is it? No, it's a the other way around. All right, yeah. well, so much for the V words. Yeah, but, whatever. I mean, the virtues seem to be almost like a penicillin. One might help more than, one of these oh, yeah, might help more point. than one. I like that. So if I'm fasting, for yeah, example. Actually, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go, no, please. No, no, if, if I'm fasting. If I'm yeah. fasting, doesn't that help more than one of the vices? Right, right, of course it would. Yeah, and, and actually, now that I think of it, like, None of the virtues are, are isolated, right? I mean, and none of the and none of did I see virtues or vices? Anyway, none of the virtues are isolated, and none of the vices are either. I, I, I'm off, I often find that, especially in the confessional, that lust and anger come together. Really? Um, well, yeah. The the ancient Greeks thought that uh, Ares and Aphrodite were brother and sister, right? That the god of rage and the god of lust were were always found together. And it, it does seem like sometimes the more you can get control of your lust, then you lash out at people in anger. And if, you're, if, you, if you stuff that anger down in the wrong way, it comes out as lust. Mm, really? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. This is just so, my so they're, own they're, they're one, one feeds on the other, or is it what, what, the absence of one encourages the other? Or, uh? Well, I, I think they, uh, okay, I'm totally spitballing here, but I think they come from the same sort of energy, the same negative energy. And there's, of course, not, lust isn't, a, a, the drive to reproduce isn't unhealthy, obviously. No, no, no. Um, and being in love with someone is not unhealthy, and finding someone incredibly attractive is not unhealthy. But that sort of um, restless, well, you know, it's funny, I, I think, I, not that I have ever experienced it, but uh, that there is a sort of angry anger in lust, a sort of a, I, I, I'm going to have to really what? think about this, but that, but that, that isn't about the other person. It's about lashing out. It's about doing something to someone. So, right? so if I could focus in on that a little bit, you know, just to, to, <gasps> yeah, yeah, and I think Father just got just a great idea. idea. But you know, let's talk about anger, for example, because everybody yeah. can identify with anger. And I hate to talk about a problem unless I have a solution. So, fair warning, I have no solution. But if I'm suffering from anger, what is the penicillin I use for anger? What is the virtue that I use to attack the anger or to neutralize the anger? Where, what, what do we do? What do we learn from the Desert Fathers about how to deal with anger? I, I think anger is a very much an active part of us. So silence, if, if, you, if you had to have a penicillin, Ooh, yes. silence yes. and stillness yep. uh, makes the anger uh, from a mountain to a little hill and maybe eventually into a plane. I'd say initially it makes it worse. Oh, okay. But I mean, just because if you sit alone with your anger, it'll bother you at first, but then it begins to dissipate over time. Yeah. But but I would say actually, if there is a one, 
a one stop on this. If there's one penicillin, one sort of uh, what do they call that? Where something that cures everything? A panacea. Panacea. It's, sil- it's silence. Silence for the desert fathers. It's it's solitude and silence. And that is the first rule of the monks, isn't it? Well, it's to listen. Yeah. To listen. First word of the rule. I was uh, at your uh, parish, and there was uh, something called bacon. I forget what it stands for. It stands for you get a good talk and a good meal. And uh, the speaker was asking uh, one of your monks what the first rule of Benedict was. Mm. And you know what he said? Listen. No, he didn't say anything. <laughs> ah. So we are talking about the Desert Fathers, and we're, uh, the name of the program is uh, How You Do do no, no, I don't no. Know. <laughs> or lines in the sand, or fathers know best. Fathers we're, know best. We're, we're here with Father Augustine, who is from the Priory. He's a Benedictine monk, and my good friend. <laughs> about our Catholic faith, Colby Academy has the solution, offering a curriculum that is loyal to the magisterium, classical, Ignatian, flexible, and affordable. Colby can help with all your homeschooling needs. We offer a wide range of services, including live online courses for those looking for assistance teaching their students, recorded self-paced courses for those who want teacher instruction while needing the flexibility to move at their own pace, and traditional homeschool courses for maximum flexibility and home education. Our support services include advising for parents, record keeping and transcript services, a grading service, standardized testing, and guidance and college counseling. For more information, check out their website at colby.org. That's K-O-L-B-E dot org. Or give them a call. Area code 707-255-6499. That's 707-255-6499. It's Colby Academy. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the Pro-Life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. And we're back. Y'all I'm... just missed the best part of the whole show. <laughs> we had this whole discussion unto ourselves without so, even been involved. I'm your host, Peter Karutz, <laughs> and we're here on St. Joseph Radio Presents. Uh, we're live here in St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. We're with Father Augustine Wett. I'm trying to get through this stuff. And my good friend, Stephen McCain, who I didn't quite spit out during the, the last uh, little musical interlude, we are talking about the Desert Fathers. So b- as we were going off the air, we said, well, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this program? And, and uh, I said, this is, yeah. this is new for me as a Catholic. I have, this is like, I, I'm, I'm like, where have I been the past 60 years? So why do yeah. we got to do this? Why? Oh, no, I was just thinking of why, why, why we don't. Why we and, don't. And you were saying, <laughs> get, please, because that needs to be repeated. You know, it, how did I discover the Desert Fathers is an interesting story. It's a long story, but to make it short, Oh no! Just go for it. Well, I, we don't. I had this revelation that we're living 
in in uh, the Olivet discourses. Uh-huh. You know, we're we're living during a time. Paul thought he was too. You know, uh, yeah. And I and I I was a Protestant, and I read the Bible in and out, the Logos. I knew it. I could argue it. You know, I could stand up and lecture on it, whatever. But I knew instantly in my heart when I had that instant revelation that I was totally unprepared for those times. And I knew instantly that prayer was the way to go. And as a Protestant, you know, praying as a Protestant often is just a large prayer at night and you're done and, you know, claim it and you got it and what have you. I didn't know Mm. prayer at all. So I started uh, to pray at night in the fibers of the carpet where I was living and and prayed and prayed and prayed. Show me, show me, Lord, show me, Lord. And I took out over thirty books of prayer. You can actually take out a hundred books from wow. our, our our library. Really, <laughs> at a time. At a time. And I had thirty. I mean, books. I had to go do that just to say I did it. <laughs> and and there was this this little thing from Russia called the Jesus Prayer. Ah, yes. And then I I read the Way of the Pilgrim, and I was hooked. Yeah. So why didn't you go Orthodox? Very interesting, uh, because my my wife, uh, who w- was born Muslim and uh, from really? from Iran, had converted to Catholicism. Good Lord, there and, aren't many and, of those. And, and, you and don't so we were going toe to toe regarding Mary. And once I found out mm. Mary in the, in the whole truth of it, I we should have your wife on here. Uh, she passed. Ten years ago. Well, then she is on here. She, she is. Right <laughs> Absolutely right. But, but let me tell you, before we go into this, look, the, why are we doing this? It's so important. It really is. And, th- you know, look, I'm an accountant. Father's a priest. That's why we call him father. And Stephen <laughs> is actually a professor at, um, at Lindenwood University. He teaches Chinese, Chinese business, business in general. But this is... This is not our realm of... I just discovered a new Chinese saint, by the way, who you probably know. Mark T. Tianxiong. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Tianxiong? Tianxiong. Yeah, that's his name. Do you know who he is? No, I don't. Oh, my God. Tian Tian just means heaven. Shen, maybe Tianxian, heaven spirit. Uh, I might even have a holy card. I made my own holy cards of him. I'll see if I can find him. But he was an opium addict during the... Boxer Rebellion, and when the boxers took over, oh well, before that, the the Jesuits told him it was a mortal sin to be addicted, because you know the Jesuits are always getting everything wrong. Just joking, Jesuit. Uh, some of my anyway, we won't go into that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> old rivalry between the Benedictines and the Jesuits. So I like to give them a hard time. But anyway, they said it was a mortal sin, and because that was the theology back then. And so he was like, "Well, how am I going to get to heaven?" They're like, "Well, you got to quit opium." And oh, he was my. like, "I can't." So he thought, "Well, I just." Guess I better get martyred. And uh, when the rebellion took place and they were rounding up Christians, he lined right up. Wow. And, and wow. he made sure he was the last in line so that the others would not die alone. But, uh, oh, wow. Anyway, he's one of the patron saints of addicts. And I'm going to see if I can find my I, – I have a – I make my own holy cards of really cool guys. I have, I want so I'm, I'm really good at giving away things. Moses if someone wants to call guy. in and get a uh, copy of this program, please call in at 
four four seven six thousand. You'll need to get a copy of this as we carry on with the Desert Fathers. Oh, I, I, but I am also going to volunteer Father to give you one of the holy cards that he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, sure. St. Moses the Black, I'm holy, and this one's really interesting. I know about this fellow. You know the story behind yeah, that this, icon. This this guy was a, a murderer, thief, what have yeah. you, right? Oh yeah, and, and a saint. And a, well, he later became a later saint. Later became a saint. But one of the best places to hide out is a monastery. And yeah. that's where he ended up. What a yeah. what a great story! Satan. But he didn't he didn't quite get it at first. He was just there because the, he didn't scare the monks, and the monks were like, "He's like, well, who do you worship? Because that that guy must be really scary." And they're like, "Well, Jesus." He's like, "I'm in." Uh, but I, then he still liked beating people up, so it took him a while to kind of acclimate. And you've got some kanji on this one. Uh, in Chinese, it's Kaoshan uh, Shurqin. This is the, the, Did, wait, the great... Say that, say, you're saying that backwards or forwards? Uh, I'm from the top, oh, oh, top okay, down. Oh, okay, so yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, see, uh, interesting, that's, that oh, guy's Japanese, obviously. Right, right, they Japanese. always write his name in Chinese characters. I right. don't know why. Because in in, oh. in the 7th century, uh, when when the they had no write, written language, and so when when the first... Buddhist monks came to uh, uh, Japan. They eventually gave kanji, which is that's Japanese uh. for jungutsu, uh, uh, which is Chinese. So, but, uh, but but wait a second. The Japanese do have their own characters, right? They so, they've so. got they've got the kanji, hiragana, and katakana. They've got one set of of an alphabet for the foreign <laughs> words, and then oh. an alphabet for their own words. You know, Stephen's yeah, in our men's group in the morning, and sometimes I just make up some crazy stuff to ask him a question about, and he knows. So we have we have the brain trust over here. Uh, tell us what the name of that saint is again, and then let's go back to the. Maybe we'll talk, weave him into the Desert Fathers. Yeah, How do you pronounce really... his name? Well, this is uh, blessed. What uses Takayama Ukan? That's, a, That's right. in Japanese. Japanese. Yeah, but what is it in Chinese? Chinese. Well, it's, it's a, it, it, he's he's the mountain of stone, you know. Yeah, here. that's the his... tall mountain of stone, you know. <laughs> How it, it's really a beautiful name. But pronounced in Chinese, it, it, it's a Gaoshan, uh, a <laughs> Shujian, you know. It's 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 cool. That's cool. So, look, right, you need anyway. you need to know these saints. You know these other saints. They're they're busy. He was a apparently. samurai, by the way, and I just think there really need to be more samurais on the church's calendar. Is he on the church's calendar? Oh yeah, his feast day is uh, January something, January 9th, something like that. Well, all right, well remember that. Remember that. All right. So uh, cool. But wait, we were where were we? we were cool talking. saints there, and but we're talking about the Desert Fathers and why How it's did important. How we end up on Chinese? Oh, I just wanted to do a little biography here. A little oh, bit. Okay, Everybody knows okay, you, Father. Like, I want him to know uh, Stephen, like, yeah, too. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, but the Desert Fathers, right? We, we talked about, we just finished pairing up the vices as the Desert Fathers was, and we talked about the various virtues to combat them more in a, uh, Father, I think you called it a panacea, uh, but yeah, one virtue will do more good than combating just one vice. Right. 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 Oh, yeah, because they're all linked together. I mean, humility uh, will, will solve all your problems if you really perfect it. But uh, so in a way, I our Protestant friends are 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 on to something in a sense when they say that there's really no there's really just one sin. You know, you're either a sinner or you're not. I mean, th there's one sin and it's pride and that's just sort of it. And there's one virtue and it's humility and that's just it. But. It can't hurt to sort of dissect those and, and figure out, like, 
where lust works into it and that kind of thing. On the other hand, you know, you want to focus on the virtues, don't you? I mean, if you spend too much time thinking about, I, I like, I well, I often attribute this to someone else, but I think I made it up, <laughs> that if the devil can't get you to do the wrong thing, he'll get you to obsess with not doing the wrong thing. <laughs> so that either way, you're just thinking about the wrong thing all the time. And that's where, that's where Evagrius of Pontus is really great because he has the vices laid out, all seven of them, but he has hundreds and thousands of, of scripture quotes to read in between, you know, as solutions. And so there's far more good than evil in the book, right? I mean, he doesn't even think about the evil all that much. He focuses on scriptures. And it, it's it's the unveiling of the Bible that the Desert Fathers do. Ah, what so do you it's, mean unveiling? It's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a hiddenness in our, in our Christian walk. And uh, if you really want to go to the to the end point where you totally leave the world mm. um the desert fathers is is the way it's 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 the Tao of of, of getting to, <laughs> to to yeah. to God though you know it's interesting though that that you, yes they're fleeing the world but but what I love so much about them is how earthy they are like it's very much about like you know Spit in this pot and you know weave a basket and you know they're 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 really very simple, very straightforward guys and and, and they yeah oh, there's one oh there there's a there's a desert father's story about uh, let's see if I can find it dis disedified. I look at, oh. See, we happen to have the internet here at this radio no, station. No, I've so. got my manuscript. I, I'm working on a new translation. Um, oh, come on. Well, oh, well, well, anyway, well, fathers, but, but anyway, they, well the, the, these rich men come to visit one of the desert fathers, and he's and when they arrive, he has this big feast laid out, and they eat it. But on their way out the door, they're like, man. That guy, we thought he was like really strict and did fasts and things. And then they get lost in the desert and they end up back at his hut again. And when they knock on the door, he's sipping a little bit of water and eating a crust of bread. And he says, oh, wait, wait here. Sorry, I didn't realize you were coming back. Let me prepare a feast. <laughs> so they're not against, you know, the, the things of this world because, of course, they're created by God and they're beautiful. But... They're very. They they like to compete with one another in asceticism at the same time. So, it's it's this wonderful sort of marriage of of love of love of God's creation and desire for heaven. So, I I uh, we had a program maybe seven years ago, and I remember this caller calling in, and we're we're trying to. I think the name of the program was Finding Your Way to Holiness, and. Um, so I guess that's what the Desert Fathers are trying to do, too. And this one guy called in, and he, he happened to go to a monastery, actually, for some ad hoc spiritual direction, I guess. He was kind of feeling lost. And after a, a, a few minutes, uh, he was talking to this brother about whatever the issue was, and he said, he doesn't know where to go, how to change it, what do I, what do, I do? And his instruction was to go and walk in this garden they had for 10 minutes. And he says, what do you want me to do? He says, do nothing. Don't just be quiet. Hear the sounds. Should I pray? No, don't pray. Just just walk in yeah. quiet. And, and so he, he thought this guy was a little out of his tree. So he does this. He comes back half an hour later, and he says, that was 
that was the most purifying, edifying mm. thing I've done in a long time. Mm. So I think, Father, you said it, and so did you, Steve. Practical way for us listeners to start down the way the program, start into the Desert Fathers. How do we walk in this silence? How do we, how do we find the silence? Or is that a first step at all? What's our first step? Well, the first step is to stop talking. <laughs> my, my wife will love that advice. Uh, and, and I think I've got the Desert Fathers on my side in that respect. Go ahead. You were going to say that. Well, I, I remember when I started reading it, I, I turned off the radio. Mm. I, I know that doesn't help here, but, but I, Don't do that. I, I, I shut down the yeah, music. Don't. So whenever I was going from A to B, I would practice a Jesus prayer if I could. Yeah, and I so just, you know, just in your car, just, just just in the car, just yeah. and if it if I had to travel seven eight hours, I I I might uh, have some type of podcast that might be related to the Desert Fathers that I'd listen to, but but I, I would try to get the noise out of my life. Mm. Yeah, turn off your phone every now and then. I mean, that's a great a great okay two two first step first stop talking. Second, turn off the phone. Don't just like put it on silent. Like turn it off and go sit in another room with the phone somewhere hidden, right? And then turn off your internet for a couple hours and see what happens. It, the first thing that'll happen, of course, is that you'll go mad. <laughs> you'll you'll it, because the the demons don't the, Satan and, and I it, it's it's interesting. I, I gave I, I teach this to kids. Uh, you know, as you know, I'm a very big, important guy, and I yes, travel that's around right. the country being a big shot holy person, and teach kids how to m- meditate and how to pray like monks. And um, the the first thing that happens the, is, is when we try to pray the prayer of silence is that all they can hear is the air conditioning. <laughs> like that happens every time. They're like, all I could hear was the and then and then somebody gets the giggles and then somebody sniffs or coughs or worse. And uh, and so I think in the Buddhist tradition, they call it monkey mind, that that's the first thing that happens is you can't get the distractions out. But but you might not even hear the silence at that time. It's it's practice for maybe later in the day. Suddenly you'll it'll come to you. What do you think? You know, it takes a long time for the world to, to leave you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, you know, we, 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 we go to the Adoration Chapel for an hour. Oh, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a quick, that, that's, uh, a, that's a hack, a holiness uh, hack. Uh, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and you leave and your mind is still rolling. I see the second hour as a tug of war between the world hmm. and, and still you're in this place of quietness, not silence. Mm-hmm. The third hour... Of stillness, <laughs> you begin to leave the world, and yeah. you start to enter into silence. And you know, yeah. for a monk who has the opportunity of just almost a, being in a hermitage condition, then then they really have to deal with the voices, and they have to be. Yeah. Th- th- in many ways, they, it's like a movie: watching your mind work without active actively uh, participating. <laughs> I was talking to one of our, uh, you know, we run a high school, my monastery does, and I was talking to one of the parents about his kid, and the kid's, he's a great kid, but he's sort of smarting off in class and getting distracted, distracting everybody else, and, he, and, the da- and his dad said to me, you know, education is the only investment you make 
where you then spend the rest of your time trying not to get your money's worth. <laughs> and, and I thought, I've been thinking about that ever since he said it, because, yeah, I joined the monastery so that I could pursue a life of silence and prayer. But I spend uh, any opportunity I can get to skip prayers or, or sleep through prayers or sleep through my silence. Any, any opportunity to fill up that silence, I will take. Well, and let me tell you, you're getting your money's worth here today. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. I'm your host, Peter Karutz. And you are so lucky to meet, as you well know him, Father Augustine and my good friend, uh, uh, Stephen McCain, the professor over at Lindenwood, and we're not talking about what he teaches. We're talking about stuff as we as Catholics and Christians really need to get to know a little better. Again, it's new, it's novel, it's, it's old, but it's new for me anyway. We're talking about the Desert Fathers. You know, this, this, these writings, when you start to read them, uh, they're not easy. And, and there's a dryness, like I think Ezekiel 33, the dry bones. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, when we, when we enter the Desert Fathers in the beginning, we're just as dry as can be. And it's just, it's like, oh my yeah. God, it's like being stuck in molasses. You, 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 it's hard to move through them. And then when the moisture and the lubricity of God <laughs> starts yeah. to affect you, then it's like, whoa. But the problem is there's no one to talk to. It's the desert. Mm-hmm. You've crossed over. And you want a speedboat across the Red Sea to go yeah. back into gluttony. But, but you know, uh, you really, the longer you spend in the desert, the, the quieter your, your heart becomes. And you start to, to, to get illuminated by God. But I have to say, one of the things I love so much about the Desert Fathers is actually is also their accessibility. Like, they're just so simple, so straightforward. Like, there's not a lot of, like, it's deep theology, but it's not, like, complex theology. And since we haven't read any of the Desert Fathers just yet, I just want to read this one little quote. Abba Moses said to Abba Silvanus, Every day I fall, but the next morning I brush myself off and make a fresh start. How long can I expect it to keep, be expected to keep this up? You are very blessed, replied Abba Silvanus. I have to make a fresh start every hour. <laughs> and that, there's not much there, like, if you think about it. But then there's so much there. And it's so encouraging to know that these great saints, you know, could be so discouraged. <laughs> or, or, and, or uh, well, here's another one. Abba Arsenius said to Abba Anub, help your parents get to heaven then they will intercede for you with God. That's good. Such a, yeah, I know, but and there's not a lot of no, there's not a lot of there there, but then again, if you could really do that, there's a lot there, you know. And, and you don't have to you can sit with that for a while thinking about that and its implications. Stephen, tell tell me, we one in our men's group all I call it is the green book, and you told me it, it, I forget what it was called, but you were reading homilies out of it uh, from. Oh, what, gosh. do you remember what that's? You called? mean the the Primo Desert Father the book? Primo Desert <laughs> I mean, this Father is, uh, the, book. The the one that is like, it's at the highest level. This is Saint Isaac the Syrian oh. uh, homilies, mm-hmm. and so when you go to Mount Athos, and you ask, if have you, you been could, there? Well, I mean, just in the mind. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> um, when you go there, and if you were asked, um, and this is these are diff- two different commentaries in the beginning of this this book that was put together. I think it's a monastery in Boston. Anyway, um, 
if you if all the desert fathers were burn up in a fire and you could just have one set of writings wow. to guide you from beginning not knowing anything to that last state that unit of state where there's no more world and it's just you and god it would be saint isaac the syrian really now he man went, i never even heard of this guy oh gosh he's so i, I got to tell you shame we, on we, me. we spent half an hour just reading bit you know page by page around and i got to tell you first page I'm 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 I don't know where I'm at. I'm I don't know where he's going. I I, I can't figure. I, I don't appreciate it. But by the second page and the third page, it it just it just moves into your soul. It's it, the Holy yeah. Spirit dances with with Saint Isaac Syrian. His first five homilies are all about oh overcoming gosh, I the vices. I call myself a monk. <laughs> you, you know? And it's uh it's an expensive book. That's and, why and, yeah, and, it's and, a very and, expensive and, and book. One of the fellows in our in our uh group once said, what, what one book should I get? And I told him St. Isaac uh, the Syrian, and then I told him the price. He go, oh, my Lord, do you, have a, <laughs> do you have a less expensive book? I go, well, yeah, you could start off on a lower level. But but these Desert Fathers are really good. So I'm just, before, before I forget, I'm going to talk about our reading list. Holy cow, will. it's 75 bucks on Amazon. Oh, it, it, it was about $800, I thought. Yeah, they discounted. It's 80 from the monastery, and another, like, $12 shipping Handling, I think it's ninety-two for the monster. Cistercian Studies has it. Oh uh, gosh, for it rocks. Dollars, I think. He so, went blind reading <laughs> things, and I mean, it's a, it's amazing. This 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 individual, he hmm. he really is the rock uh, in my life. I uh, for the homilies, I read other Desert Fathers too, um, but he just. Uh, uh, I'm in one prayer group or a Bible study group with two older men who are just uh, fantastic and really know the Bible. And uh, in and we're doing uh, St. Thomas Aquinas right now, uh -huh. and uh, we're doing a chapter on angels and uh, homily uh, 25 and 26 of uh, St. Isaac Assyrian just it just blew my mind how it related to <laughs> St. Thomas Aquinas and even took it to another level. He just, yeah. he covers everything, everything about your life. Yeah, we haven't even touched on the Desert Fathers, really. I mean, it's so, so deep. But before we run out of time. Are we almost I, out? Okay, we got to do this we got, again. We got a couple of more <laughs> what minutes. What are you doing next month? <laughs> be, before, before we end, I, I'd like to get agreement between you two scholarly, <laughs> scholarly gentlemen. One book and you can agree, and maybe we'll wind up having two, one book that somebody ought to get if they're going to start to touch the Desert Fathers. And, uh, you know, it ha has to be something, you know, a, a, a Desert Fathers for dummies, if you will. But w give, me, give me a book. Which one would it be? I, I think it, one of the best uh, individuals who's been influenced by the Philokali and Desert Fathers and is one for our age would be anything by... Um, uh, Saint Theophon the Recluse. Say, say that oh, again. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. he takes the Desert Fathers and and puts it through a filter for our time. Saint right. Theophon. Saint Theophon the Recluse. Anything <laughs> written by him is is, is just uh, he's a rock star. Wow. I, yeah, I, I guess um, for someone. Yeah, if you're, uh, I, I I think I would. I, I think I am going to go ahead and disagree and say that Benedict Award's sayings of the Desert Fathers or lives of the Desert Fathers because they're so simple. 
Um, well, this hour has slipped and flown wow. by as I know it would. I got wow. a book to read, though. This yeah. is great. If you want a copy of this program, because you probably need to. You can't take notes as Saint quickly Isaac as you should. 636-447-6000. Father, do you have a blessing for us? Yes. God bless us, everyone. Wow, that was good. So please, <laughs> come back. Thank you, Father. Thank you. So come back and see us next week. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do next week, but we'll do this next month, I hope. And tell a friend and go out there and be quiet. Yeah. listening to St. Joseph Radio presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.